Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real-life relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and thanks for joining us today on the Make Him Wonder podcast. I'm your host, Coach Paula. I'm a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Each episode, I talk with one real-life woman in a real-life situation in her life. And today, I'm so excited because I have a special guest, Heather Havenwood. She teaches coaches, experts, and service providers uh, current online marketing and sales strategy to close the right clients anytime they want. She's regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales coaching, and online publishing business strategies. Heather Ann has been named the top 50 most followed women entrepreneurs by Huffington Post. She's also been named Chief Sexy Boss from her Amazon bestseller book, Sexy Boss, How Female Entrepreneurship is Changing the Rule Book and Beating the Big Boys. And others call her the wizard behind the curtain. Welcome, Heather Havenwood. Thank you so much for being my guest today. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. This is going to be fun. <laughs> it fun. is because Heather is a single woman um, who's mm. been engaged twice, right, Heather? Um, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist gal, um, in your words, Southern Baptist gal gone bad. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we, you wanted to talk today about, and I think this is so powerful, about mm-hmm. women uh, walking that line of being the strong business women that they must be um, and being the lion in the business world, as you call it, providing mm-hmm. for yourself. And then on the flip side, being the women that um, men uh, pursue and love and want to take on as their wives. And this is a very, very important conversation to have. And it's a very uh, sticky, it's a big sticking point for so many women because it is one of the things that I believe. Um, holds uh, women and men back from having the great relationships they can. So mm-hmm. I, I want to hear much more about your experience and, um, you know, what it is that, you know, is, is the hardest part for you. There's a couple things with that. So I have been engaged twice. And I remember the first time I was engaged many, many moons ago when I was in my 20s. And it's an important story to understand so I was engaged and I realized at some point that I really wasn't in love with him. And I remember mm. sitting down with my mom and at coffee one day and I said, mom, I'm not in love with him. And she leaned over at me and touched my hand and said, honey, it's not about love. He'll take care of you. And that's what it's about. Mm. Wow. And I said, I want more. And she just was like kind of, you know, disappointed. And even she's no longer with me on this planet. She moved on. Even to this day, like if she was here, she probably would say, you should should have married Chris. Your life would have been so much easier. So I really realized that in my lineage of women in my life, meaning not my life, but like lineage of my family lineage, like that, Mm -hmm. right? People have probably never met people that have passed on, grandma, grandma, all that. There isn't one woman, not one woman that I know of, but when I know about my lineage on both sides of the family, 
that ever, ever has had their own business. They've all married for money. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, they married to live, they married to survive, they married to whatever, you know, but it was never out of like, oh, I never heard about grandma one, two, three married because she's had this beautiful relationship with her husband. Right. Even my grandmother, the only one I really remember, you know, no, she, they hated each other, but they were married for 50 years. <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. my role, and then my parents got divorced at a very young age. And so my point, my point is I've been married, I've been, um, almost engaged almost three times. One didn't actually get the ring, two got the ring. And it's, I was told at a young age and now I'm, I, I didn't think it was a big deal, but now I'm, I'm dealing with the demons of this, which is, Oh, that's really cute that you have a career. That's sweet. That's cute, honey. Well, as soon as you get married, that'll be over. So I've always had this kind of, I never really realized I did, did this, but I've always had this kind of like, well, I'm just doing this entrepreneur thing for a little bit and then like I'll get married and like, ah, it'll all be good. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, one of the reasons why I don't think I've been successful as I can be for sure. I'm not. I'm definitely nowhere near where I could have been because I've always held myself back of like, I don't want to be too sick. Because I've been told this, don't be too successful because a man won't love you. Ah. They can't handle it. They can't mm-hmm. handle it. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. I had been told, I mean, I remember being told by a man about, 2004, when I was just on my journey, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, Heather, you've got to be careful about being an entrepreneur, and not every man can handle it, and, you know, it's going to be special, and you'll probably never find a man. A man who's an entrepreneur, and my mentor told me this. So that, I thought that never really got embedded in my head, but it has. Wow. So Wow, because I know you started, you know, in 2006, yeah. you grew your online uh, marketing publishing company from, from nothing to over a million in sales. In, yeah, in for a man, year. With, but with a man. So it was, uh-huh. it was a business partnership. I did it for him, even though we weren't in a relationship. We weren't, you know, it was strictly business. Uh-huh. I've made, I've made a lot of men a lot of money because wow. I've been told you go make money for men or a company, and they give you a little. You should be freaking happy. Period. Mm. And so. Now love is completely connected to money for me. So my last relationship, the one that just ended, that helped me find you really was, was kind of what I call the, the one that, you know, the combustion one. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is a narcissist. I, that one, when we met, I had a business going. I was sustaining myself. Then we teamed up and I swooped in to be his hero and mm-hmm. I swooped in and I built us, at least I thought it was us, us a $1.5 million settlement company because he wanted to get out of chiropractic and I swooped in and like, I love you and I'm going to prove to you my value and worth yes. and don't you see how great I am? Yes. And then, yes. you know, we got engaged, but I got clear that somewhere along the engagement, it was like, oh, She's running this business. I probably should keep her around. As soon as I started doing dates, like, okay, when are we getting married? What's the date? Oh, that, no. Oh, let's just put it off, you know? And when I started saying things, okay, I need to see the books. I own half this company. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Bockery, bockery therapy, bockery, fighting, fighting. Boom, combustion. I'm over here dealing with, I'm the loss of the love of my life, per se, in quotes, in quotes, over here, air quotes. He's over there oh. stealing the business. Oh, wow. Wow. So here I am again, building a business for, quote, unquote, the man, a man. Sometimes I'm in a relationship, sometimes I'm not with them, but women do it all the time for people, for men. Okay. And so then it gets gone. So I'm confused. So you, um, the business you have now is totally your own, correct? Mine. Yeah. Now the one I have now is completely my own, but there's a piece of me that I realized that I had always held myself back. And now I'm, I'm fighting that right now. I'm deal. I'm going through you know, affirmations and coaching and just like, how do I break this and give myself permission to be mm. a strong single woman? a hundred percent providing for myself and I may or may never have love again. I mean, that's the, where I'm at. That's why I'm working with you. It's like, I'm at that weird place of like, okay, I've got to make a decision. If I'm going to be a lion and strong and independent and make money for myself 
Mm-hmm. Or, I don't have an and, it's an or. Well, yeah. Or you go get a small little job, play really small so a man will love you. That is literally what's in my head. Okay. So you're at a place then of changing your, um, because intellectually, I think that you mm-hmm. recognize that there's something off about that perception, correct? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm very clear. It's, it comes from a lineage and the Baptist upbringing and the Southern Belle and the right. and, and the years and years of embeddedness that I didn't know was being embedded, you know sure. what I mean? Sure. So every programming. person around me, the programming was your job is to procreate. Your job mm. is to procreate. Your job is not to be a. I, I never had any woman in my upbringing look at me and go, "You're gonna, you know, be a successful businesswoman." You be. Wow. You know, what I got was your job is three things: look good, marry rich, have babies. Period. Wow. So, wow. Hold that. So here I am trying to trying to create and build and I am building, but I'm up yes. against this social programming, that social uh, family programming that I don't think I'm the only woman who's dealing with that. Oh gosh, absolutely not. You know what? I guess what uh, really surprises me is that, um, that being the age you are, that you still got that programming. And it may even still be going on today, at, at, I, I assume, at certain levels. Because I think that there's mm-hmm. something in, um, you know, the whole female uh, group socially um, that, yes, it's wonderful. Now the message is, yes, it's wonderful for you to be able to choose whatever you want to do. But, oh, isn't it kind of sad if you don't have a man or if right. you're not married along with it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of like, it's an undertone. So I would say there's a before and after moment for me. So the before, if you and I are having this conversation before I started dating my, this last ex, you know, the combustion mm-hmm. narcissist, as I call it. How long were you together? Uh, um, technically only three and a half years, but it was whirlwind, fast and furious. So three mm-hmm. and a half, four years, four mm-hmm. years. So before then, I would have said, oh, you know, I'm independent, Paula, and I got this, and I don't need a man, and, you know, I'll find one when I find one, and it's all right. good, and whatever. I mean, that's where I was at, and I very had an attitude of, like, any man would be lucky to be around me and have me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And because I had this, like, it's, I'm not worried about it thing. Right. And then when I meet him and like our first date he says I want to get married have kids so if you don't want to do that like we're done and I kind of had this like well I did too I'm 38 and mm-hmm. at the time of our first date so and he so told I kinda, you that when you first met yeah our wow oh yeah and I realized now looking back what he was saying was because he said to me a couple times throughout like what I call sprinkled was like mm-hmm. you have good genetic code you be a good mother he didn't want a woman he didn't want a partner wow. he wanted a fallopian tube, okay? <laughs> he was 49. He wanted uh-huh. a kid. He didn't have one. I had the genetic code. I was smart. Mm-hmm. He actually asked mm-hmm. me about my genetic code of my family. Okay, you're a good genetic. He said those words, you have a good genetic code. He wasn't in love with me. He wasn't looking to be in love. He was wow. looking for a person to run his life, which I did. I hopped right in that little basket. Right. Right, right, because I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta hold on to this one because he wants to get married, and so I'll do whatever it takes. And I feel very um, vulnerable sharing this because on the outside, it doesn't look like that at all that I did that. Of course, of course, but that's what's so valuable, and that's why I so honor and appreciate you because you are, you know, you really are uh, the, the, the perfect spokesperson for this, spokeswoman, I should say, for this, because you are putting it out there. And that is the definition of what you call yourself. You know, you are a badass boss woman. And that is so powerful. It's such a, um, uh, you know, you can be a, a, a model to so many women who who need to hear this and what i also honor about you is that you're willing to look at the other side of it like okay i know intellectually that this this is possible you know that intellectually you know it's possible to be who you are right 
But emotionally and in your programming, you've been told, well, not so much. It's really not. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be who you are um, and really put who you are out there, it's not going to be possible for you. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of programming that I, I ignored thinking it didn't have a hold of me. Does that make sense? Like sometimes you go, oh, well, that that didn't like, I remember that, but like, it's not, I'm over, you know, that doesn't bother me. And then you realize as your life goes on, it's like the programming so deep. You're like, why is this? Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I remember when my mom quote unquote found out I was going to be an entrepreneur. She called my uncle who we don't talk. One of those uncles, like I know he's there, but like, (laughs) don't have a number. But he calls. I think he's someone's dead, right? So it's like a funeral time or something. And he calls and I said, either someone's dead or something's wrong. And he's like, no, your mother called me. And I said, what, what'd she say to you? Well, she told me that you're going to be, you're trying to be an entrepreneur. You are something like that. And I was like, yeah. And what's your point? Aren't you an entrepreneur? He's a very successful real estate investor. And he goes, yeah, well, I'm a man. You're a woman. That's not how it works. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. So this, this by the way is in 2002. So, you know, I've been up against this for a while on a, on a very kind of a core level. And you really have me, been, I have, I mean, I overtly so. In, yeah, and invertly, and I know it's not out of harm, it's out of protection, and I get that. But I remember my mom called me one time and said, she's Southern, right? She's like, honey, I found you a job at Hope, Arkansas. It's $8 an hour. You'd be in a secretary for a manufacturing plant. <laughs> oh, like, my goodness. What? I mean, you know me. You'd be like, that would never work. Not um, that there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's perfectly no. fine, but it's so not you. Right. Well, because her response was, honey, then you can find yourself a man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because it was yeah. all about, and that's, and so that. to her, to her understanding, that's what she was taught. Her job is to find a man, get married, have babies. So mm-hmm. I understand where she's coming from. Sure. I don't, I'm not mad at her, but it's this programming that I'm having to fight. Sure. She's the oh, yeah. On the planet, you know? Yes. And I yes. think other women are too. I see it. So many times where women just let go of whatever they got going on, whatever that may be, business-wise or desires or whatever, mm-hmm. or quote-unquote the man. Yes, and and fortunately, so many things are changing. And and you know, if yeah. you look at yourself as a pioneer for that, right? Yeah, because I you. Do. Yeah, do you? Because I, I think you are, because your voice is a strong voice in this arena. And it, it so, as you said, so many women are still getting that message. And whether it's overtly or covertly, meaning, you know, just what we talked about, it, women can be, um, and people can be very excited for you if you're a big success in business. But, like, it's also that little bit of, oh, it's wonderful that she is, but isn't it a shame she doesn't, you know, mm. she can't have a good man by her side, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, or it's, the one subtle. that I hear is the, he's scared of you. Now, oh, I hate that one. I, I hate that one. one. Because the reason I hate that one, because what it's saying invertly, undertone, mm-hmm. is you need to chill out. Yes. You need to calm down, woman. You need to bring yourself down. And where I'm having to move myself and you're helping me with that is, no, you need to say next and find the one that's going to be able to be with that's you and see the value. That's right. And, and, and see, that comes... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, it comes in so many different forms. And what I think trips up a lot of women, what I see in my practice, is that um, it's that we, we're thinking um, in, a, in a societal way that he should have more, make more, um, be the yes. uh, guy out in front, and we should, you know, uh, find somebody uh more successful, stronger, uh, you know, in all ways, and that um, we're going to be um, still playing that not, it's not a subservient role or a secondary role, but it's still we're not going to be in the limelight as they are. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, my mom said it probably, like, okay, honey, you can make money as long as you're not making more than him or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, that is an old like, script. 
Yes. It's an old script. And, and even though she meant well, and I love her, and she's no longer on this planet, I, I think that, unfortunately, those are, quote-unquote, demons that uh, we that I, I fight. You know, I out of all the people that I grew up with, you know, people in high school and, you know, mm-hmm. neighbors and all that, I'm the only one that's not married and have, to have kids. I'm, I'm it. And what's wow. fascinating is that me and my sister, Bo, she's older, she doesn't have kids or she's not married either, you mm-hmm. know, but um, everyone else in our, you know, high school and growing up and neighbors and all that stuff, all are married yeah. and have kids. And there, I finally had to get to a point only recently, like in the last nine months of my life, had to mm-hmm. really settle in of like, okay, you're going to, you're going to, you got to make a decision here. A, you're 43. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not ha- you're not having kids. That or you're going to go out and just get, you know, artificially inseminated and just be done right. with it. Choose. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. your choice. Mm-hmm. And then B, I'm going to have to be the one. I'm going to now provide for myself. Period. There is no prince coming. The worst, right. the worst Disney movie on the planet is freaking Sleeping Beauty. Can I just right? <laughs> there I is no. Prince coming. There's no yeah. Cinderella. Like, right. you know, I think, yeah. So that's a big one. I remember that part, and I've been rewatching Sex and the City because of you. And I love the part when Carrie says to, um, not Miranda's, but the, Charlotte's little girl, she makes her read her Cinderella ah, yes. story. And yes. she looks at her and goes, You know, honey, this isn't true, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, I think that's. Uh, you know, hopefully there's a lot of, and, and, and I think children's books are changing a lot in that way. Thank goodness. Yeah, now thank the God. heroes of the books are, are girls and, and, you know, all of that. The thing is that, and where I work from is that it's, it, we still have to pay deference to the fact that the male brain is the male brain. And you and I had a uh, difficult uh, coaching session recently about this, right? Because um, understanding that part of it is very, very uh, difficult. And and understanding that he is not going to be looking at things the same way as we are simply Mm -hmm. because the male brain is a very black and white brain. And it's a much more Mm -hmm. uh, simple brain in that way. I'm not impugning it that it's not as good as it is, but it's exceedingly different in its uh, approach towards life and certainly love. And that's what makes it difficult. And that's what makes it very um, a challenge for you in your arena, because you have to wear the uh, masculine hat in business, which the world Mm -hmm. of business is, masculine and the world of love and relationships and all of that is feminine. And we have to switch hats where they don't. Men don't have to ever switch hats, Mm-mm. but we do. No, that's yeah. And it's been, you've been very gracious by the way, in your in your coaching. You've been very toe to toe with me, which I absolutely love and adore about you. Oh, thank um, you. You're like the New Yorker and you I'm like, girl, she is not stepping back. This is fascinating. Um, I just want to honor that about you. You're, you're, Thank you. You're well, good. I always appreciate our uh, our discussions this way because it is, you know, I can only work with people to the level that they're willing to be honest with um, themselves and with me, mm-hmm. right? And that's you, for every everybody. And you, when I came to you at a very interesting place too, but I also came to you at a place pissed off. That was my first piece. And then like you got beyond that layer for me, but I then got to a place of, kind of a um, very vulnerable place with you, which was like, Paula, I, I thought I knew men. I don't know. I don't know crap. You know, I thought I knew how men work because I've been in business with men and in a very yes. male dominant industry for so long that if someone said to me, you don't know men, I'd be like, please. Yeah. Right. Right. After this massive thing that happened uh, recently, it really brought me to my knees per se and said, you know, maybe I don't know what I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. this is like really wrong. And what you have taught me and it's been a hard pill to swallow, not going to lie, is mm-hmm. that 
this is how the male brain works, period. And I think at one point you said a while ago now, you said we as women have kind of expanded and grown mm-hmm. um, over the last two, three, four, five decades. Absolutely. Men really have not. Not in the same way and certainly not, right. not at the same pace. Correct. Absolutely. Because here's the thing is that while they have grown intellectually and they do accept now to a degree all that we do socially and they accept us as equals and so on and so forth. The problem is at their deepest brain and their reptilian brain, they are male and we can't change that, nor will we really want to. It's, you know, what is that old saying? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because we think about it. Who are we most attracted to? We're most attracted to men who metaphorically go out into the world and slay the tiger for us, right? Right. That's what's most attractive. Their uber male qualities are most attractive because that's in in us, in our deepest uh, female brain, is that we, there is part of us that does want that caring man, and meaning providing mm-hmm. for us, right? In a way, mm-hmm. because our most vulnerable state is when we are pregnant. Mm-hmm. That is the most vulnerable we will ever be, correct? Oh, yeah, very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that is when we need that man. We have to rely on him to protect us and to provide for us. And mm-hmm. I, I know I had one strong entrepreneurial woman like you who, who's um, very successful, and she said to me, you know, um, we women really can't, unfortunately, now in our society, we cannot even consider having children unless we know that we can absolutely do it on our own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Be- yes, because we- that man can leave us in a nanosecond, yep. right? Yep. That, can, that's a harsh reality. That's yes, a it is. That's why when I, after this big breakup, you know, my therapist kind of had this like come to Jesus meeting with me of like, you're 42 now, about to hit 43. We have a conversation about children like right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it was like one of those, like, let's not do that. <laughs> I guess we are. Um, and I just had a girlfriend recently nearby who was about my age, gorgeous, powerful woman to society, you know what, I'm tired of this whole man thing. I'm going to go get artificially inseminated and good to go. Just had the baby, beautiful baby boy. She mm-hmm. has a nanny. She has a job. She takes right. care of herself, period. Right. She, moved, she actually moved back home to have a little more support with her mom. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like, she's very clear. She mm-hmm. made that very clear decision. I'm being pregnant by myself. I had the baby by myself. You know, she mm-hmm. had her friends and girlfriends. But at the end of the day, she made this very conscious decision, and in a weird yes. way, I, I, I really get her decision. It's actually more um, admirable because if not, I mean, think about it. How many times we know people that have had kids, and now they're dealing with ex-husbands and drama and all this stuff, and we all, there's a ton of that now. And I did. I grew up. I was the product of that. I was the kid who's going back and forth every other weekend and every third day, get your bag, go to your dad's. I mean, I, I was yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I, it's why I, the, one of the first chapters in my book is about making that, um, tough decision because really coming to terms with what is most going to be most important in your life. And I run up against this, um, all the time in um, my coaching and that women come to me in their early forties and they are, uh, they're wanting to find that person to have a baby with. And here's the ultimate harsh, harsh reality of men, because on the flip side, I've coached men and this is painful to think about for many, many women, but because of the puppy principle and you know, you know it, I know it. For those who don't know it, you know, go get the book, read it, what it is. Is that because of this, and men can love us all, when they are ready to have children, they go out and find a young puppy to do this. Choose. They will go and look for 
someone who they know they can have a few years with before they even think about the children. And that's the harsh reality of it. So it's why I coach women who really want to have children that think about that and right in your, in your late twenties and thirties, you've got to be focusing on that aspect. If you want to do it in the context of marriage and with a man, mm-hmm. what your friend is doing is that's great. If that's for you, right. If that's something mm-hmm. you want to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the harsh reality of finding a man at 40 who he's decided he wants to have children, it's an eclipse if he says, okay, I'm going to take that journey with you. Because men are not magnanimous in their love that way. Because they can go find another puppy who they love and who they want to be with, who's younger, and who has that capability more readily for them. They're they're more self-centered than that, and they can be. Yeah, that's a harsh reality. Like, yeah, the ex did that. I was 38 at the time. He was 48 at the time. And he, he was in this, I'm ready to have babies. <laughs> I'm ready to have a family now. You right. Know, he was in that consumption, like a consumer. He's in the buyer stage. And very buyer stage. Mm-hmm. He was like buyer stage. And it's so, so it clear when they are. Oh my God. It was like, we are in buyer stage. And yep. I, that's great. I found a buyer and it was kind of an alignment and I thought everything was great. Unfortunately, he was narcissist. So there's a whole, whole like backstory around that. But yeah, like he was a buyer. Day one, date one, before we even got our steak at the dinner, like we ordered and had wine. I was like, "Here's the deal," and I just was like, "Okay, oh my gosh. I'm 38, so that kind of makes sense." And you have yeah. this criteria that I had going on in my head, and so it just was like, "Yeah." And so when he said that, I turned everything into this is what's happening. And I went on that road, and he did. He did propose and. You know, we, I thought at one point I was pregnant during the whole relationship. So he was excited, you know, so he was a buyer. Now there's other yes. stuff that happened in the background, but he was a buyer. So I understand that. Yes. Yeah. That you're saying that. I think that I'm at a point where I had to make that hard decision. Like, okay, I'm not having kids. So now yeah. what that does is the pool of men are different. You know, I'm not going to go to a cougar and spend three, three years or two years with a 25 or 30 year old, you know, and then mm-hmm. men in their 50s, I'm like, okay, I'd be really clear about that because I want them to have kids that are, like, older, like, you know, high school or college, right? So, oh, so you don't want them to have young children? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Mm-mm. I don't because okay. one of those, that's for, for me, that's a personal thing. That's for me. I grew up with a stepmother when I was five. And, uh-huh. like, I'm not interested in being a stepmother. Got it. So that's just my thing because I had such a horrible experience with my stepmother personally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, so, it is. Um, it's a dilemma for so many women in this age range of, you know, what what is the, you know, what do I do? And here's here's the thing that I, I coach from. You know, you, you need to kind of separate those two things when you go on yeah. this journey of if you're dating in your early 40s, right? Because yeah. if you've, um, if you want to have children, that's something that, um, and, and you want to have your own children, that's something you want to focus on. You, you absolutely have to make that the focus if that's what you want, right? Yeah, you've got to make that full focus. Yeah. You, you, you do. You do. Because if not, um, you know, time goes by very quickly. And also you can't predicate what it is. And here's the empowering of women that I feel. You cannot predicate what you want in your life in, in these days on a man. No. In other words, if you want children, right? No. You really mm-hmm. can't. Because mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to build your, your foundation on that house of cards, right? And mm-hmm. and that's what, you know, it can be if you are mm-hmm. accepting and that's what the first chapter of my book is about. And it was that woman, you know, journey about deciding yeah. what is it? Is it the is it the child that's gonna make you happiest? Or is it going to be right? right? No, I love that chat. By the way, I read your, read your book three times, right? <laughs> uh, the puppy principle Thanks. was probably the most profound thing. And the consumer versus buyer test was very, very profound for me because I went back to many, many relationships and it was like, oh my God, consumer, 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 consumer. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm with consumers all these times. Um, 
right? But I because say, uh, because men are going to love you, you know? They're going to love you, all of us mm-hmm. for any amount of time, attention, um, affection we're willing to give them for as long as we're willing to give it um, with no intention of ever committing unless they're in the state of being a buyer like your ex was. Yeah, and there's an interesting piece about that, the the children. I'm going to relay this back to money, though, for a second. So Mm -hmm. on some core level, and I'm still kind of unraveling this in my brain, so a lot of women, like you just said, they have to, like, make a decision. Is it the the kid or is it the the relationship going to make them happy? Which one are they really after? They're waiting for the man to have the kid or they just want the kid, right? So, and that's a decision nowadays women have to have. They have to have that. They have to, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, they didn't have to. Yep. But it's like that, too, on career. I know women, too, are doing the same mm-hmm. thing I am. Like, well, I'll have a little bit of a career. Right. And then, and then I'm waiting, really waiting for the guy. And then I'll, like, either be better or stop the career. So they kind of play mm-hmm. around with it as, like, mm-hmm. an interim. Like, a, you know, t- until then. That's something I did. I played with it. I never really saw I am having this this is i want a business i'm going to grow this business like a kid i'm going to have the business i'm going to grow the business i'm going to create the business i'm going to focus on the business and if the man comes well that's cool mm-hmm. with or without the man i'm having the business i know that sounds odd but my business is like a baby like so i i had to make that hard decision recently and go and, and okay what, yes what, I had to what do did that. you come to i what, came what, to i came to that my a business for me is the thing that's going to sustain me and it is the most important thing in my life right now, mm-hmm. period. So mm-hmm. it does have a new conversation of when I'm dating and been out there a little bit yes. here and there as you've been helping me. It's like I have to tell them, you are not the center of my universe. And here's the thing. You don't have to tell them anything. No, I don't say it to them that way. But right. like, it right. comes across like, I know you're used to being babied because so many women have babied you, but I'm not going to do that. My business mm-hmm. is the center. It is first. Yes. And that's, you know, it's, it's interesting because it is um, when you have that kind of uh, focus in your work, when you, and it's, it's pretty clear what you're going to do. Um, yeah. You don't have to, a man is either going to be attracted to that in you or he's not, right? And, and I'm not saying Correct. he's not because of that. That, um, it is the energy you bring to him when you're with him that is, is going to be uh, a predictor of how successful you'll be in the relationship. In other words, they're two separate things. As long as you don't bring that energy, which is male energy of your business, when you're right. actually with him. And that's my part that I'm, I'm working with you on. I'm very challenging time doing that. It's very hard for me to do, as we said right before this call. It feels like I had to choose between being a lion, you know, being out there hunting right. per se in business. Right. And then I call it the leaning back or the puppy or the leaning back piece. That's very hard for me to switch right now. It's been challenging. You've been working with me on it. You're like, oh, there's that male energy again. I'm like, oh, you know, so it's, 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 it's challenging. It really is. It's, and I'm wondering for you, I'm wondering for you, do you, because for me, I think for a while, I felt feminine energy, and I still struggle with this. I'll be honest with you the feminine is, is somehow weak. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or or not quite as. Yeah. I was told that my father was like, women are weak. And this is a, my father is a man that hates his word, hates Oprah. How can you hate Oprah? Really? (laughs) Really? I know. He hates hates Hillary too. I can like, well, I can potentially see that, but nah, you know, but, Oprah, how can you hate Oprah? It's like hating really? Teresa. You know, I know. So I, I, this is a man that, and I looked up to him at the time. 
I was yeah. very much a daddy's girl, very much wanting his approval. So there were years, he would say, Oprah, Oprah is all these nasty things he would say. So I didn't watch Oprah for years. Because oh, that. wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But so I was taught by, quote unquote, the father, right, is women are weak. Mm-hmm. Women are weak. Women are weak. Women are weak. You guys. Well, that's why he hated her because he hated her. All her strengths. Exactly. And, right. But but I I have to say that I think she does a really great job of embodying oh, yeah. the strong and the feminine. And look, she has been with Stedman. Talk about a successful Hollywood type of relationship. Wow. She. You know, she shows us, right? I love that she keeps it mostly hidden, right? And is not, mm-hmm. she's not out there with, and, and I recommend that. That's a role model for women. In other words, she's not flaunting her relationship, talking about it. Um, you know, it, she's very um, even-handed with it. Um, he's, he's his own man. You know, I hate to hear things like they call him Mr. Oprah, you know, Mr. Winfrey, you know, that's just, that's just so wrong because mm-hmm. he is a supporter of her and what she does. And he's a man in his own right. That's a secure man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's definitely yeah. a secure man. That's what I would I mean, mean, one I... of the richest women in the world, you have to be pretty damn secure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Discover coach Paula's top selling relationship book. Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one. See why single and married women alike are hailing it as mind-blowing and life-changing. Available now on Amazon in all major book retailers. My father was very uh, a big hand in him viewing women in a particular way. He had four kids, three girls. And honestly, his only child he has is a, is a boy. You know what I mean? In his world, like how he treats his three daughters, which is horrible for a move up to the daughters. I can't tell you how he treats the other daughter. But in his world, he only has one child. It's his son, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the challenges for me that I saw is I'm always having to prove myself. So part of the challenge I have with men, specifically in dating, is I have to prove myself to him that I'm worthy. And mm-hmm. you're the one who's like, no, you are worthy. You are the flame and yawn. You are the prize. And you have to keep reminding yourself how that you are the prize. That is so against the upbringing that I was created. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a it, challenge. Yeah. It, it's a real challenge for, for so many women because um, it's it's not been the message um, that, that we get not only from our parents, but, but in society as well, is that, you know, what happens is we equate, you know, the equality of women and men as mm-hmm. to how they can treat us. And mm-hmm. the message has been skewed because, um, you know, why is it that, you know, we think about the Titanic going down, it's women and children first, mm-hmm. right? It, in our society, it has always been that in, you know, whatever is going on, war, you know, famine, whatever, we feed the women and children first. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a moral society and a good society. That's the way it is. And um, women still need to hold themselves as women of value because if they do, like we were talking about, that's when they, they win at uh, certainly at love, if not mm-hmm. in life as a whole, because like we were talking about, if we don't adhere to the men's brain, black and white brain of Madonna whore complex, Freud's, you know, he w- didn't get everything right, but I certainly think he got that so right. And it's in all societies. Women fit in either one category or another women that are marriage material and can be mother of your children, and, or um, women to have fun with only, and that they're not for the long term. And that uh, it, it's so for women, it is so hard to wrap so, our yeah, minds around that. So hard, yeah, because we we're both. Exactly, we're both. Exactly, we're both. We really are both, and that's the challenge to be able to 
you're teaching me how to do it, like to lead with, as you call it, don't lead with your sexuality, you know, lead with something else. So uh, yeah, because if you lead with your sexuality, that's all they can see. And what happens with that is they put you then in the sec in the first category, the second category, sorry, Madonna whore. They put you Mm -hmm. in that second category and that's just, you know, I don't impugn them for that. That is their deepest brain. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. it's, it's biological for them because and it serviced them well when we were in the wild, when they had to make a split-second decision, what woman has the best genes going forward? I will copulate with her in the wild. I have to do that quickly so I don't get attacked by a, you know, I don't know, saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what right, they had right. to do. And that hasn't, and that has not changed for them Mm-mm. at Mm-mm. all. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not changed. And it's, it's been challenged. I mean, it's definitely been a challenge as a female entrepreneur and a woman business owner. And I'm now just now kind of uncovering all these different aspects. It, it changed after this last relationship, but it also changed in that 40. Like I'm now, I'm now coming back into the quote unquote dating space 40. And mm-hmm. 40 plus, 43. So it's a different conversation. It's a very, you know, when you're swiping left and right, when they say, do you want children? It says someday. I'm like, they're a left. Because I'm not going to even try to have that conversation with them. They're like, I want to have kids someday. And they don't have kids. Yeah. I'm like, not even going to try. Not it's, even going to go down that road. It's so important. And, and I, as a woman who never wanted children, never, from, you know, an early age, 17, I knew that I did not. And I have to tell you, through my 20s and 30s, it was so difficult because I wasn't, first of all, I wasn't ever believed. I wasn't believed. Men did not believe it. And um, I, the reason I'm divorced was because um, a man married me not believing it. And he believed that he could change that. Right. You could change me. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And, you know, that's it. Bless his heart. So, you know, I had to let him go do that because all along the way, even though he said something different, he just thought that I would change my mind and that would happen. Right. Because men have it that all women want kids. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, most people, people do. Right? Most people do. I mean, most people yeah. do, but at least you had the balls to say it at a young age. I've been placated. Like, oh, you know, one day it happened. I've been uh-huh. placated forever. And then when mm-hmm. it came down to it, and then he was like, I want this, I had to be like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like, like a motivational speech. And then, <laughs> and then I thought I had an oops. I thought we were pregnant. Like, I little, you know, I was late. And that's when, like, crap hit the fan, and so call it. And I was in tears. Like, uh-uh. Mm. No. And he's all happy. This could be great. And so engaged. that's interesting. So when you did get pregnant, you realized? That, yeah, that it was, was, well, we were already in fight mode. We were already in therapy and fighting and things weren't going well in the relationship, even though we were engaged or we were in business together, things weren't good in the relationship. So mm-hmm. when I, um, when I quote unquote thought I was pregnant, you know, cause I was a couple weeks late, um, that's when, cause up until then I was quote unquote fighting for the relationship a lot more. That was mm-hmm. when things changed for me. Like here I am, I'm upset. I'm literally in tears cause I think I might be pregnant at the age of 41 with, a man I'm in business with engaged to, there's a problem here. You know what I mean? If you think about it, mm-hmm. I'm engaged, we're together, yes. business together. It's a perfect situation, quote, unquote, he's happy and I'm in tears. Mm-hmm. What's that about? You know, so I had to really look at that once the relationship ended, that's when the therapist was like, okay, now that that's, let's talk about the kid thing that you freaked out about. You know, so I really got that I didn't have that. I was like, I wasn't over here going, I really want a baby. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. have never, I've just never had that. And that's when I had to really get clear about it. And so anyway. And see, most men, it's, it's an interesting thing, which I also talk about in the book, that um, you'll notice that for men, they're very, very clear in, on their, um, their achievement goals related to work, education, even hobbies. 
They are mm-hmm. very focused and clear on that. You know, if you ask them about their career trajectory or when they're going to finish school or whatever it is, they're exceedingly clear. They'll give you, you know, maps and charts that they have on it. But if you ask mm-hmm. them about marriage, kids, the, the answer then becomes someday. That's it. Nebulous, mm-hmm. unfocused. <laughs> yeah, uh, you see, it, because it doesn't, they're not on any timeline with it. No, uh, most not. of it's someday or this one I got a lot. Before, um, I want to have them before I'm too old so that I can throw a football with them, you know, that kind of thing. That yeah, I it's can, a weird analogy, but yeah, no, I've heard that before. Well, I don't want to be too old to, my dad had, yeah. kid, my dad had kids when he was younger, obviously, but he also had kids when he was later. Like his, his kids graduated high school and he was like, like 65, you know what I mean? Wow. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. And so he had, he, he's a younger wife, you know, kind of thing. I'm actually closer in age to wife. <laughs> yeah. But if we are clear, if we are clear, right, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important for us to be clear, what happens, um, and that I coach younger women around, you don't want to waste your time with consumers who will never be buyers because you will right. fall in love and you will bond via time and sex. He will not bond. He does not bond in that way. He only bonds through making a formal commitment. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's only one yeah. way that he will bond to you. And, you know, that's, that's a whole, you know, most of the book in itself, why that is. Um, and thank you, Bob Grant. Um, he was the um, licensed uh, counselor who uh, I learned that, that whole concept from because I never got it before. Why, if a man is in in love and he tells you he is and he loves you he will not commit doesn't make sense because we commit mm-hmm. out of love alone and then we're bonded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he does not right he does not he, he does not he bonds out of the commitment and that's it that's the only way that he because for him for us um uh commitment is a natural outgrowth of love for him commitment is a responsibility to mm-hmm. and for you. And men don't want to be responsible to a woman, meaning I'm going to be loyal and faithful, right? Unless mm-hmm. they are bonded through a formal commitment that they have shown the world. Because the, the basic um, underlying tenet of a man is I am a winner, not a failure. That's, that's mm-hmm. the basic tenant of men to go out in the world, I am a winner. I am not a failure. Right? And so when they take on a formal commitment, they will do all in their power to not fail and to live up to that so that they present themselves to the world, I'm not a failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I know, you laugh because it's it's simplistic. Mm-hmm. Right? For women, mm-hmm. it's also, and, and why, you know, it's funny because I've worked with women along the way and um, uh, in relationship and then in my GPS program in relationship um, or the online program for dating, for women who are dating, whether online or not. Um, and in the relationship uh, program, I deal with women with this concept all the time that, um they, it's so formulaic to be able to get a commitment from a man who loves you. And many women have said to me, you know, I'll tell them something one week and they'll come on the next week and say, you're psychic. He did exactly what you said he was going to do. If they do what I tell them to do, right? They'll say, Mm -hmm. you're psychic. No, I'm not at all psychic. It's that there, it's so easy because it's formulaic. If you do A, they will do B. And that's it. And, and women hate that because it's not, it's not the feeling kind of love thing that we want, right? Mm-hmm. No, doing it out of their feelings. Right. 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 The thinking. Right. Yeah. That's, 
that's the challenge. It is formulaic, and we as women, we don't we don't think that way because we're not formulaic like that. We fall in love and we connect and we, you know, all those kind of fun things. So, right. Anyways, thank, right. I really appreciate. I mean, I appreciate you having me on about this because I hope that my story has shared has has helped somebody. Right. That's my intention. Is that me yes. being vulnerable on the show is like really help another woman go, okay, I'm not alone. You know, I'm not alone in that. Not at all. My intention. Not at all. And and you do this on your own um, podcast, your own platform, your own coaching. I want you to leave today with getting, um, you know, something answered that you can move forward with as well. So is there anything now that you're, you know, questioning um, that, that whole, you know, like we, we led with, that mm-hmm. Southern Baptist thing that you have in you that is, is it, is it finding this mentor and embody, embodying her? Like, who do you see yeah. in the world as that feminine, you know, we talked about like Oprah being that. While she's a very mm-hmm. strong, independent woman, she also has that, she still holds that femininity about her. And I bet she switches hats mm-hmm. pretty easily. What will it take you know, what will help you to move on that needle? I think one of the, like an alter ego kind of thing or an energy mentor would be Oprah for sure. I think another one, believe it or not, is Madonna. I love the Madonna whore. But she oh, has, yeah, she she's resonated me for the whole my whole life. Um, I saw her very first concert in 1983. <laughs> like a virgin okay. door uh, with my mom. Right. So I think that it's understanding Bottom line, understanding this, that we as women are not broken, <laughs> that we mm-hmm. are multifaceted, and with the change of the economic turning as we are moving into the 20, 21st, 22nd century, century, is that we can have it all as long as we understand and not make wrong what, how men think. Like you've told me many times, it's like a car, a car, it's a car, it's a car, it's a car. And it's like, it's a car, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like understanding this is how they think and being able to, I'm using the word play, play the game in a way that will serve us versus break us. Right. Because if we don't understand their uh, way of looking at women and the world, we lose out. Because right. they are not going to change that. It's kind of like, you know, uh, know your enemy, and you, it, to, you, you, if you can't beat them, join them. Right. Well, it's like and, playing football. It's understanding playing football, playing softball, whatever. Know the rules, and you can, you can learn to play the game and succeed. Here. Yes, and it is, um, it, and then for for someone who is um, strong, it is embracing that femininity when you're with the man, um, and that is that's a tough uh, switching of um, energies, but it's a must because they have to feel that just like we have to feel their male energy to be attracted to them, right? right? Right, right. We don't want to be, I'm not attracted to feminine male energy at all. Yeah, exactly. Most, most women are not. That's not what we, even in our male energy uh, being, we're not attracted mm-hmm. to that, right? Mm-mm. And right. they're not attracted to us. Now, here's the rub, and this for you is, is a significant thing. The rub is that if we come at them with male energy, meaning I like you, I want you, I want to have sex with you, I'm attracted to you, I want you, in any of those forms, right? They will eat it up and consume it. Absolutely. What happens is, while they're eating it up and consuming it, and we're having fun, we, because of time and the sex, we're going to bond. And if we like them enough, we're going to fall for them. They, we can never turn it around for them to then be a buyer. Mm. It does not work in their brains. Because remember, from the second they see us, they're putting us 
in one category or another. It's why I caution women. Don't be with the sexy selfies. That's not, if you want a man to marry you, right, and you're looking for that, you cannot present yourself as anything other than the Madonna. And we're not talking about famous Madonna. We're talking about Mother Mary Madonna. Right, right. Well, this has been helpful. I really appreciate it. And hopefully that I've been helpful for other women as well. Right. You have been, and I really honor all that you're doing. And, um, yes, and we, I will be certainly um, posting this about so people know um, to, to listen to you as well on your wonderful podcast. What is the Thank name you. of your podcast? Like a Boss. Insights with Influencers and Entrepreneurs. Ah, I shouldn't remember that, but I have so much going on in my head. So thank you for that. (laughs) Wonderful. Like a boss. And um, for anyone listening to this, if you like this podcast, you want to uh, please uh, subscribe and share it. And don't forget to make him wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you. Thanks for listening to Make Him Wonder.